Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, it's Fallon, and you're listening to the Heartbroken Podcast. Uh, Friday before Valentine's Day, which is kind of weird for this podcast. So if you're in the mood of like, yeah, don't forget Valentine's Day, I'm there with you. If you are embracing it, you should. I think today is technically Galentine's Day, so you can reach out to your gal friends and thank them for all that they've done in your life. But today's episode is not going to be a relationship episode, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. I did want to mention I'm looking for more people to be on the podcast. Um, send me an email, Fallon, F-A-L-E-N, at KDWB.com. A lot of people reach out through a direct message on Instagram, and I think I see all of them, but I'm sure I've missed some just because it's so much. The, Instagram does not have a way to, I mean, should I email them and say, hey, guys, can you get some files and stuff on Instagram? And <laughs> maybe not going to take my suggestion there, but there's no real way to organize organize messages on Instagram, so email is the best, but you can reach out on Instagram if that's easiest to find me, F-A-L-E-N-K-D-W-B on there as well. So send me that. I'm always looking for guys. I mean, of course, I want to hear from women, but, you know, we don't have as many guys, so please feel free to reach out. Today's episode uh, is about family, and I actually, I feel like a year or two ago, I received an email from someone who wanted to talk about losing a sibling. And at the time, I don't know what the reasoning was. I didn't have time or something or didn't fit into kind of the layout I do. Because for a while, I'll be honest, I was getting so many family emails. It was hard for me to find relationship ones. And I really do want to focus on relationships, which I've talked about. Um, But that doesn't mean I want to take away from other heartbreaks. So today we're going to talk about the loss of a sibling. Carolyn joins me today on the Heartbroken Podcast. And today's episode is not about a romantic relationship. We're going to talk about Carolyn's relationship with her sister. So what will we hear today in your episode? Um, My sister passed away at the age of 37. And when I talked to her on my anniversary, I never thought that five days later, the phone call I would be getting was that she had passed away. I'm Fallon, and this is the Heartbroken Podcast. Everyone has experienced heartbreak in their life, some more than others. Often, we feel like we're bothering our family or friends when we talk about it. I started this podcast to help those going through heartbreak share their stories. Sometimes it's easier to share with someone they don't know. I hope it's somewhat therapeutic for them. Maybe it gives them some closure. And to those listening, I hope it helps you feel less alone. Thank you for listening to the Heartbroken Podcast. This is... And this happened recently. Uh, this was the in 2020, correct? Yes, um, May 24th of 2020. Okay. So first of all, I'm so sorry. Um, I mean, before we start recording, we talked about that, but I know everyone, I mean, that's, you know, right out of the gate, people are like, okay, I, you know, they, they're all, they're all, I mean, you've probably heard it a million times, but I'm so sorry for the loss of your sister. Um, Let's go back a little bit in episodes. You know, we usually talk about how the 
the couple met or whatever. But obviously, this is your you've you've known your sister your whole life. So maybe tell us a little bit about your relationship growing up and things like that. My sister Anna and I we were super close. Uh, she's just a little. Um, she was a little more than three years older than me. Uh, we danced together in Hastings. Like we did competitive dance together. Um, she, she was my best friend. I mean, she was everything when she had her, um, first baby she had a very long 36 hour labor and I was there with her. I stayed up all night and then I, had to go to work. And then I got back to the hospital and then she got scared and she was like, I can't have you in here. I I just need mom and my husband. And I said, that's fine. And I sat in the waiting room. And then when she had her second baby, I was in the delivery room with her. Um, I cut her son's umbilical cord because her husband was like, nope, that's not for me. I did it once. I don't need to do that again. Um, (laughs) When I had that. Yep. When I had when I had my son, she was supposed to be in the delivery room with me, but my labor was taking so long. And she was like, Oh my gosh, I have to go to work tomorrow. Like I can't miss work. And she didn't even make it 20 minutes out of town. And I had my baby. Of course. Yep. And then my daughter, her middle name is actually after my sister's middle name. So my daughter is Tony Rose and my sister was Anna Rose. And so we were always been very close. Um, had a super great relationship and could call her at any time or talk to her about anything, or we could go three months without talking, but then we would just pick up right where we left off. So it was always, a we've always had such a good relationship. And in September of 2019, she became diabetic and we have a long history, family history of diabetes. So it wasn't super shocking that she became diabetic. Um, she was mad that it was her and not me just because I'm the one with the health (laughs) issues of the family. She's like, seriously, you're the one that has like everything. Why me? Yeah. You're like, because I already have everything else. Yep. So you get this one. Um, (laughs) and so she had called me on my anniversary, which was May 19th to wish me a happy anniversary, me and my husband. And we chatted and I have two dogs and one was still, he's a puppy. He's just turned one, but he was still pretty little at the time. And the dogs were outside playing and I'm like, oh my God, Anna, I got to go. Bella just killed a bunny and Loki's trying to eat it. I got to go. I'll call you when I get back from camping this weekend. Love you. Bye. And I hung up and that was the last time I ever talked to her. So it was Memorial weekend and we were going camping And we hadn't done anything because of COVID. We had been, you know, sticking, you know, staying at home. And we thought, okay, this is a perfect opportunity. We're going out with some friends, but it's a lot of land we can be safely can go camping. And that Sunday morning, I got up and I'm like, well, you guys, I got to run home. I got to go feed the cat and take care of the, bring the garbage cans down to the end of the driveway. And everyone's like, tomorrow's a holiday. Garbage ain't coming. I'm like, ah, but our still picks up on every holiday but Christmas. And so I came home. And as I was driving home, because we did not get cell service where we were camping, my husband and I didn't. I saw both, my parents had both left me voicemails and I thought, they're probably wondering when we're coming home from camping or, you know, I'll call them back when I get home. I'm driving. And I got home. And as I was calling my parents, I got a message from a girl that lived in the, that I used to work with that lives in the same town my sister did that said, Hey, I heard something about an Anna. Is your sister okay? 
I didn't think anything of it. I thought, okay, maybe mom and dad called me because Anna got like in a car accident and they wanted to know, you know, just let me know what was going on. And I didn't worry. And my dad answered and he said, your sister is gone. And I said, what? And he goes, your sister died. And I said, oh my God, I'm home alone. I have to go. I need to call Chris. So I, that's my husband. So I called one of my, our friends that had service and said, you know, Chris got on the phone and I kept yelling it and he couldn't understand me. And he's like, I need you to calm down. I can't understand what you're saying. And finally he understood. I said, Anna died. And he said, I'm on my way. And he hung up and he came home with one of my um, best friends, well, as I call her, my unbiological sister, came mm-hmm. home with me and they sat with me for a while. And the uh, once they got home, the only thing I kept thinking about was I need to call work. I need to call my manager. <laughs> my husband's like, it's okay. Like we work for the same company. I can get a hold of her. It just, yeah. Like that's the least. And I'm like, I need to call her. I need to tell her I can't come to work this week. And he's, he's like, just call her then. So I called her and, you know, let work know I would be out. And we had to go tell our kids and telling my kids was the worst I think for me, my kids had a very close relationship with my sister. She has two two boys that are about the same age um, as my oldest. And so they're they're all very close. And so they're very close. With, they were very, very close with her. And we went back and I didn't want to tell them where we were camping because it was it's a family friend's farm. They just have a bunch of land and their house out there. And I didn't want the kids to have a bad memory of the farm Mm -hmm. I wanted the farm to stay their happy place and my husband's like let's just tell them because everybody's going to ask questions when you get there and I said okay so we put them in our camper and I looked at them and I said there's no easy way to tell you guys this and this is the hardest thing I ever have to tell you but Auntie Anna died and she's in heaven and my son threw himself on Ashley, my unbiological sister, and my daughter went and jumped in my husband Chris's arms and everybody is sobbing. And I turned around and I walked out of my camper and I said, I need somebody else to go in there because I can't, I can't do this. I don't, I don't know what to do for them. And my, um, one of our friends went in and talked with them and we packed up our stuff and we left and they're like, just leave the camper. We will bring your camper home we've got plenty of cars, just leave the camper. And I said, okay. So we left our camper and we went down to my mom and dad's. And I only thing I remember saying to my parents when we got there, because I, we deal with um, trauma with humor. And as I said to my mom, mm-hmm. well, maybe this is my trauma for 2020 to lose some weight. <laughs> and my, mom just, my mom and I just laughed about it. And I don't remember anything else except going down there and saying that. And then we came back home and Ashley went, bought us pizza and brought us food over. And one of my um, best friends, her name's Chris as well. She is a nurse and she was on call that weekend. And I had called her and talked to her and she had called Ashley and said, how's Carolyn doing? She's like, I, she's horrible right now. And she goes, I'm going to come down. And she's like, I know she told me not to because I'm on call, but somebody said they'll take my on-call shift. So I'm, I'm coming down. And they came down and sat with me and it was a nice night. We sat in my driveway. We listened to Backstreet Boys because my sister was a diehard Backstreet Boys fan. I mean, <laughs> multiple concerts. I, yeah. you know, back when you hung posters up on her walls, like all of her posters in her bedroom were all Backstreet Boys. She loved the Backstreet Boys. 
so we listened to Backstreet Boys and I like would would cry and then I would get angry and I just was such in a state of shock and we went to go plan her funeral the next day and I tried to take that burden off of my parents and her husband and her stepdaughter because I just I felt that's what I should do and I just basically planned it all out before we even got to the funeral home and we went to the funeral home and we planned it and I remember driving home and my husband said oh I didn't take anything out for dinner and I said I'm not hungry and he's like I know you're not but me and the kids are and I'm like okay (laughs) and he we got home and he's like I just I don't know what I got to figure out what I'm going to do for dinner. And I looked at him and I said, call your mom. And he goes, why? And I said, ask your mom to bring us food. And he goes, you you can't do that. And I said, when people say, let me know what I can do to help you. 99.9% of people mean it. And right now we need help with food. So ask your mom to bring us food. And he said, okay. So of course he called his mom and his mom did do it. And his mom has also lost a sibling. So she knows, knew what I was going through. And so she brought us over dinner and we spent, you know, spent a little bit of time. And then the next couple days, I remember, were just kind of a blur. I was in just shock. I remember we did her like the picture boards for the funeral. And my friend Chris had came over to help us do those. And then my um, sister-in-law and also one of my best friends, Melanie, she came over and Melanie cleaned my whole house for me because I couldn't. I just couldn't do it. And yeah, my friend Chris, I, I mean, she, she helped us, my mom and I do the picture boards and, you know, sat and talked with us and my neighbor made us dinner that night. So we didn't have to worry about cooking. And, and I did, I, we went to her funeral and I hardly cried at her funeral. Like I gave my sister's eulogy. And the only time I really cried at the end was right at the end when I said, the next time that you drink Pepsi, have um, cookies and cream, ice cream, or Skittles, or hear a Backstreet Boys song, think of my sister. Think of Anna. And I teared up then, and that was about it. And after the funeral, everybody's like, I cannot believe how well you did. And I'm like, shock's a bitch. Like, I was in yeah. such a state of shock that I didn't realize it. And planning the funeral during a global pandemic. Thankfully, the governor of Minnesota had opened up funerals the day she died or the day after. So we were able to have 40 people at her funeral. Oh, wow. Yeah. But when you come from big families, you know, that's both of us are both my mom and my dad, they have very large families. So it was like, well, yeah, you can come, but you can't bring, you know, but not all your mm-hmm. kids can come. And it, it was really hard. And to have to tell people, you know, I'm sorry, we just, we don't have the room. You know, I would have loved to have more of my friends there just as a support. I was able to have my longest, oldest, bestest friend there. Cause she had also, she's known her, my sister her whole life, basically. Yeah. And so her, she was there with her mom cause her mom and my mom are best friends. So that did help. And, um, we got through it. We got, we got through the funeral and my youngest daughter, she wanted to go home with my mom and dad. And I'm like, you honey, they just said goodbye to their daughter. I don't know. And my mom said, we haven't, you haven't dealt with this yet. You know, you've been in, 
you've been taking care of everything. You're still in shock. Mm -hmm. Dad and I have had time to process. So let us take her home and you go home by your, you know, just you, Chris and Trey. And I said, okay. And Trey ended up, my oldest son ended up going to a friend's house that night as well. So it was just me and Chris. And I just remember we sat on the couch and we were watching Tiger King because it was the, during the Tiger King time. Oh, <laughs> but I don't remember half of it, but we watched it. And Chris went back to work on Friday, but he worked from home. So he was home with me, which really helped. And what I did after, once I got through the initial shock and I started the full like grieving process is I, I did go to therapy. Okay. Which did help me. Um, but what did you, can I ask you, can yeah. I ask you a couple of questions? Um, because I think, you know, we talked about your sister having diabetes and you said, I mean, she passed suddenly. What actually ended up happening? And you know what? And I'm sorry, I wrote that down, but I forgot. Um, well, so no, she, no, of course. she went into diabetic ketoacidosis in her sleep. So her blood sugar got too high. And it's very rare. It happens in less than 5% of diabetics where it will kill them that quickly. Um, there, wow. Cause there is warning signs when your blood sugar gets too high. Her concern was always her blood sugar getting too low. And so she had taught her husband how to give her, her insulin, like if her blood sugar had dropped too low and like, we never thought it would get too high. Right. And so that night, the night she passed, she had fallen asleep on the couch and my brother-in-law like had woke her up to see if she wanted to come to bed. Um, but us women and my family, if we're sleeping, you just let us sleep and we're not moving. Yeah. And yeah. she was like, I'm fine. And he was like, all right, are you sure? Like your breathing seems off. And she's like, I'm fine. Let me sleep. And she rolled back over and she just never woke up. So it was, yeah. yeah. Something I never thought I would have to go through. You know, one of the best quotes I saw um, was when you lose a child, you lose your future when you lose your parents, you lose your past. But when you lose a sibling, you lose your future and your past. Oh, gosh. Because most siblings <sighs> will spend 80 to 100% of their life with their sibling. And I never thought at, you know, the age of 34, I'm 34, that I would have to be, you know, I'd plan my sister's funeral and I would have to, to bury her and and be there for her, her, her boys more than I, you know, I've always, my nephews are two of my greatest joys of my life. I, you know, they're amazing. I absolutely love them. But I mean, I, I take my nephews a lot more frequently than I did before. Um, yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, you think about that, Carolyn, you think, um, and it's kind of what you, your initial email, everyone thinks about the parents, everyone thinks about the spouse. And I can't imagine what, your brother-in-law went through mm-hmm. uh, finding her and uh, and her kids. I mean, and they will they will have that with them forever. I mean, losing your spouse when they're thirty six years old. I mean, come on. Uh- Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing. 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Brain fog. Insomnia. Moodiness. Achy joints. Weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. That's but then, but what your point was in your email, which is so true, kind of the lost, the person who gets lost in that mix is a sibling because you, you know, they're in pain, but they're, they're not the ones you think of in like the most pain. But then you point out the fact that like, this is your best friend. Mm -hmm. This is your sister, your best friend who's in your life. And I just, you're right. People just, I think they kind of forget about that after a little bit. And that is something I've, I had heard that before I lost my sister. And then when I did, and I started to try to find ways to cope and deal, because I wanted to make sure I dealt with this in a healthy manner. I didn't want to just bury it. And I wanted to make sure that as my nephews got older, and you know, there's things in their life, I don't want to cry at every thing in their life going, your mom should be here. I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to be there for them. And I told them, you know, they're um, 13 and almost 15 that I said, you know, there's obviously moments I would have cried, even if your mom was still alive, I will cry when you graduate high school. I will cry when you get married. You know, those are the events I'm going to cry at because I'm your aunt. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to cry, you know, when I'm teaching one of the boys how to drive or, you know, helping them get ready for a date or something. I, those are the things I want to be present for. And I'm the next best thing, you know, as a, the woman figure for them since they've lost their mom. Mm-hmm. So it's how, just one day. At how time. did you, so would you think, do you feel like that was a strong driving force to you going to therapy? Yes, that was. I've also been in therapy in the past. Um, okay. I love therapy. I know not everybody, it's not for everybody, but I think if more people went to therapy, this world would be a much happier place. <laughs> I think you might be right. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I did go back, you know, I hadn't, you know, life was just fine. So I wasn't going. And so I did, that was my driving force to, I need to get back. I need to talk about this. And like, as you said, you say in the beginning of your podcast, you know, people feel like they're burdening their family and their friends by talking about it. And I didn't want to burden my friends and fam, my friends, especially with it. Mm -hmm. Cause the first 
probably six weeks after my sister passed away, I talked to my mom and dad every day. And my mom and I would start and we would cry together on the phone. And then we would just talk about random things. And then we'd end the conversation by crying again. And I just didn't want to always, I didn't want my friends to feel like they need to walk on eggshells around me because they didn't want to say something that would upset me. I, I want people to talk about her. You know, my, my, my best friend, Melissa, she, again, she's known, she's known her, my sister, her pretty much her whole life. And after she passed a couple weeks, she's like, oh my God, I had a dream about Anna last night or, you know, oh my God, I thought about the story from when we were all dancing together or, you know, she'll just call me and, or text me random stories she remembers, you know, because I just don't want people to forget about her. And I, yeah, you know, and I don't think it's that people don't, they just don't know what to do in that situation, you know, cause they're scared. Well, if I bring them up, are they going to start crying? Am I going to bring up that, that painful memories? And I think for most people, it's not the painful memories you bring up. It's the good ones. You know, they're like, Oh, Oh my gosh, I forgot about that time. Or, Oh, I never knew that they did that. Different things like yeah. that. I, uh, I think that's so true. I've, I follow, you know, different, uh, podcasts or Facebook or whatever, Instagram groups and stuff. And they talk about that, how, um, in the beginning, everyone's there for you because that's the immediate need. Um, the, bringing the meals, the, the, you know, checking in, things like that. And then slowly, but actually very quickly, that kind of fades. Mm-hmm. And most people, and, they, and most people, like you said, are so afraid to say anything th- and say something wrong, especially they don't say anything at all, or they just stop talking about it. But I actually had an episode with um, a, a girl named Katie who lost her husband. And I, it always stuck with me that she – always brings up things to her kids about their dad like oh your dad used to be into shows like that or your and they love it so much because you don't want to forget your sister they don't want to forget their dad it's like mm-hmm. that brings them joy to have those memories that are shared and like these like it's just it, i would imagine it just brings you fills you with joy when you hear those yes and there's things like with my my nephews that they'll do it. I'm like, Oh my God, you look just like your mom or, Oh, your mom used to do that. And things like that too. Or I, shortly after she had passed away, I had my nephews over and one of them, they were giving me a hug when they left and he goes, Oh, you smell like mom. And he just hugged me a little bit tighter. And once he left, I like, I, I didn't cry in front of him, even though they've seen me cry a hundred times at that time, it was just, he wasn't crying. And he just said, Oh, you smell like mom. And I thought it brought him joy. So I was like, don't cry, don't cry. And he left and I just sobbed because I'm like, her greatest joy was being a mom. And I've, I'm really lucky. I have a wonderful group of friends. Um, my husband, I mean, he, he has been amazing. My husband and I have been together for a total of 20 years this year. We were high school sweethearts. So he knew my sister for Aww. 20 years. Yeah. And so when she died, he lost somebody too. And, mm-hmm. but he has been an amazing rock for me. And, um, my, as I call her, my unbiological sister, Ashley, she has just, anytime I've had to do anything with her, with my sister's passing, we, 
because we did a we had um an open casket but then we cremated her after the funeral and when we buried her two months later she i'll be at your house when i had to go buy my sister's headstone i'll get together with you that night anytime mm-hmm. there's something major she's there my sister's birthday was january 2nd and she brought me to the cemetery so i didn't have to go alone and so she has been an amazing rock and then my two of my well three of my other friends my friends chris melanie and melissa those three too i mean i know i can always count on them if i'm just having a bad day and i'm like i'm having a bad day and i miss my sister they're like okay what can we do to help you what do you want to do you want to talk about her do you want to you know do you want dinner like how should we do this what do you need so for my sister's birthday Um, Melanie came over and spent the day with me because um, Ashley couldn't, she couldn't stay all day. So Melanie's like, I'll make sure I'm there. And at one point I just like got up and I went and I laid in my bed and Melanie comes and she lays right next to me and she goes, if we're, if you're laying in bed, I'm laying in bed with you. And we just laid <laughs> in my bed, you know? And so and that's, yeah, I'm lucky. Yeah. That's, that's one of those, well, I'm going to guess they would all say the same thing about you because we tend to like gravitate toward, you know, people that are somewhat similar to ourselves or we kind of, and so I'm going to guess you've been that kind of friend for them in the moments they've needed you. And, Mm -hmm. and so, and now they're returning it, but how lucky you, like you said, you are to have that group around you. Um, Because yeah, I mean, not everyone has that. And so it's just to have, to have, you don't even have to talk. I'm like you and your friend just laying in your bed. I'm imagining like you don't even have to talk. It's just I remember going through a really hard time with a friend and we just sat on the couch and watched movies and we didn't talk about anything, but just their presence being there, it just made the world of difference. Yes. And that has definitely helped me, especially with, you know, some of these days um, of the things I've had to do or like when it will be the, you know, the anniversary, like the month anniversary. Like if it's the 24th, it's not even that I need to like talk about it or anything. It's just being there and helping me find something, a joyous, something joyous of that day. I was going to ask you, you, you know, we've, we were talking about things you've done to help you cope and in grieve. And of course, one of the things you mentioned is therapy. Of course, you have this really great group of friends and family around you. Have you found other things that have helped you? Yes, there is a, um, I joined a Facebook group, Loss of a Sibling. And so that has helped just reading other people's stories and, or if I'm like, I'm just having a really bad day today and, you know, it's these strangers and, you know, they'll just sending you hugs and I know how hard it is and it's nice to have somebody else that has been through that um before because I I don't have any friends that have lost I I shouldn't say that I do have I have a few friends that have lost siblings but it's just sometimes I feel like it's easier to talk to strangers than to to talk to my friends that have lost a sibling uh there is also a book that I read and I'm sorry I'm um I can't remember the name of it right now I'm trying to look it up here oh no problem it's interesting they have like I mean there's a Facebook group for everything now but it is interesting like it's something about strangers that 
it's almost like, I mean, yeah, I say it in the podcast, but it just makes you feel less alone. You're like, so many people have experienced this same thing and you see how they've made it through or, or you know, where they are now in life and you know that there's hope for you, I think. Yep. And um, so the book that I also read was Surviving the Death of a Sibling. And that one okay. that I read that at the beginning and that really helped. I've even gone back to it a few times when I'm just having a bad day and I'm like, okay, I need to remember that what I'm feeling is normal. The mm-hmm. waves of grief. I mean, I can be having a great day and all of a sudden I can just anything and it will just smack me right down. And it's like, oh, I, my whole chest hurts. Like I just feel like my heart breaks all over again. That's what I was going to ask you if there was, but it, you kind of answered it. If there's something specific, it is it is it because you see something funny that totally reminds you of your sister, and you go to text her, and you can't, or but it but it's just it comes in waves. Yep, and there has been times where I'm like, oh my god, I got to tell Anna about this, and then I'm like, oh my god, and then yep, it's that whole thing over again, or something that I know that like she loved, like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, was one of her all time favorite movies, and. If I just even, you know, see like scrolling through Facebook or Instagram and I'll see something like with Tim Curry, I, it's like, oh, my God, you know, it just it's just a shot yeah. to the heart because she loved that movie. And just little things like that. And then there's other times where it's the big things where I think about like how I just know I don't get to laugh with her anymore or, or when when my parents pass and I do we do have a older brother. Um, but I always think about like when my parents pass now, it's going to be just me and my brother that have to take care of everything and I'm not going to have her to, to help me. And I had never lived in a world without her because she's older than me. So starting on May 24th yeah. was my first day living in a world without my sister. And that, that's really hard when I think about it like that. I would especially imagine that based on the sense of humor I get from you and you say your family have, that it's a very different world. It is. It definitely is. We, we try, like my mom, like my mom and I will joke about things again, because we deal with humor. Like I was supposed to build a deck um, last spring, summer, and my sister passed and she did not have life insurance. So what we had saved for our deck went towards her funeral. And so now this year we're getting ready to get our deck built as soon as, you know, spring comes. And I said, don't worry. Anybody now that dies, they all have life insurance. So I don't have to worry about paying for anybody else's funeral. (laughs) (laughs) That's just the way my family is. Or I'll be like, God, why'd that bitch have to go and die on me? Or, you know, things like that, (laughs) which then I'm like, sometimes I, I don't want to make people uncomfortable with it, but I was listening to the podcast. um, Cause like I said, you know, I am a newer listener and um, I was listening to um, Jupiter's story and how she said, sometimes I I make people uncomfortable, but if it makes me smile, I'm okay with it. And I thought, I need, that's, it's okay. I shouldn't have to apologize for how I deal with my grief. And so I really liked that. There are some days like I, I'm like, I cannot, something small will make me just all of a sudden start crying. And then the 
and I'm like, God damn it, why did Anna have to go and die on me and make me cry like this? Like, I am not an emotional woman. This is not who I am as a person. <laughs> you know, and uh, when people ask me, like, how, how, I, how, I've, how have I gotten through this? Some days I just say I don't know. And a lot of my friends are like, I can't believe how how strong you've been. And I'm like, I don't feel like I've been strong, but thank you. But I have learned is ask for help. Mm -hmm. Like I said, 99.9% of the people that say, what can I do for you when somebody you love has passed? They truly mean it. And for me, it was food. I knew I needed food. I knew I needed people to bring me food because that was grocery shopping and Mm -hmm. making dinner was the furthest thing from my mind. And we had just gone camping. So I was like, I'll go grocery shopping on Mondays when we come home. I mean, I had hardly any food in my house and yeah, you know, so people bringing over the food and we're going and getting groceries for me definitely helped. And so I always tell people now, you know, I'm like, do you want me to, I ask them, like, do you want me to bring you food? Do you want me to get you like a gift card to somewhere? I try to ask more about what I can do because mm-hmm. in that moment, they're like, there's nothing you can do. They're gone. I, my life, I'm devastated. Yeah. So I always try to ask, like, do you need food? Do you need, do you need this? Like, what can I bring you? Yeah. I think that's a good start. If you're hearing this and you know someone that's grieving and you just don't know what to do because you don't want to screw it up, you're not going to screw it up, first of all. Uh, but that's a good place to start. Just if you ask overall what they need, they probably don't have the bandwidth, I'll say, to like even think about what they need in the moment. So yeah, maybe narrowing it down and asking more specific questions is a good place to start to help someone. Yep. And and if they still say, I just don't know, really um, sending for me, this may not be all people, but flowers and like the plants at the funeral. My best friend, Melissa, her husband's family sent us um, flowers to the funeral. And I thought that was the sweetest thing ever. And I've had, you know, she's my best friend. So of course I've met his family many times, you know, at different events, but them sending me flowers was so heartwarming to me. Yeah. Because they didn't know her. And I just, I thought it was the sweetest thing ever. And so even something like that, but definitely try to see what they can do. Or even like the, if they're not working, you know, you have to take time off work. And unfortunately, most places for bereavement leave, it's only three days. And I fortunate yeah. where mine was only three days, but I had vacation. And so it wasn't an issue because I took about a week and a half off of work when she passed. Mm-hmm. And like even gas gift cards and just things like that. Or if you know they drink coffee, stop by their house with their favorite coffee from Caribou. I love that. I, Carolyn, is there anything else you wanted to add in your episode today and share with someone listening? Maybe, and maybe they're not going through anything at all like this, but, or maybe they are, but did you have anything else? The only thing is, is don't, if some, if it is somebody who's lost a sibling, you know, and you, everybody fights with their sibling. So that's normal. Don't ever, I personally don't, it never bothers me. And my friends are like, oh my God, I could have killed my sister today. I would have been like, what'd they do? Yeah, I probably would have killed mine too. You know, things <laughs> like that. Like, they're, don't be afraid to talk about their sibling. And don't be afraid to talk about your relationship with your sibling. You know, they, 
they love it. I personally love it. Like, I love to hear how happy people are with their sister or their brother or, you know, and I was just reminding them, hold on to it tight. Wow. Yeah. I, I think that's a perfect, uh, perfect place to end today. And I, well, I couldn't say it any better. So thank God you said it. Um, um, I really appreciate you joining me today and sharing your story and sharing Anna's story too. Well, thank you so much for having me on. And thank you for listening to the Heartbroken Podcast. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.